because I don't want to be one of those. <laughs> my, my wife works at uh, League High School, and I went to their May Day one year. Actually, a few years, right? Almost every year. And I don't know if this is you. I'm not, don't, please don't take offense to this, but they were like stepping over the kids to get a picture of their kid. And there's clear boundaries to these, at these events. And <laughs> now I understand the desire to just disregard all the boundaries, disregard the rules, just so you can see your kid. And I'm glad that I have, uh, I don't know, I guess you could say a special privilege so I could be up in the front and nobody say anything. <laughs> uh, but my name is Zach, if you don't know me, I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, can you put a picture of my family up? There we are. We just recently took pictures uh, for our Christmas cards. I don't know if anybody else seen these, but I'm showing everybody. Please don't get mad at me, Mickey, because our Christmas cards hasn't gone out yet. <laughs> but <laughs> this is a part of our photo shoot. So this is my wife, Mickey, on uh, your right. Zemi in the middle, she's in the preschool, she was one of the, she was an ox, and then me, and then Zakai, our son, uh, I don't know, how long have we been married for? Five years? It feels like 20. I'm joking. <laughs> but today, uh, my wife and I, we're, she's going to be sharing a, a little bit about, I don't know, the, maybe the past year and a half. Uh, and her journey through this past year and a half, and I'm going to really be just talking about some struggles and some uh, solutions to, to those struggles, and really just highlight what the Lord has done in her life, because it's an amazing story, and she's getting emotional already. I see her crying out of the corner of my eye, so give her some grace. If you'd pray with me this morning... Father, we thank you so much uh, for this time that you've given us. We thank you, Lord, for our kids, our friends, our family, the people that we love, that are closest to us. We thank you that you've placed them in our lives, and it's not a mistake, it's not by accident, but it's purposeful that you've placed us within families, within groups of people, Lord, to bring about your glory and your goodness in the lives of those around us. And so we thank you so much for what you're going to be doing in our hearts this morning, Pray that you open up our hearts to receive, speak through Mickey and myself this morning to encourage all who are listening. And so we thank you and we praise your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mickey, can you come up? This is my beautiful wife, Mickey. Yeah, you can cheer. You can cheer. I, I waited five years. I dedicated five years of my life not dating anybody, not looking for anybody. And this is the reward. So if you're single, you can wait. The reward is great. Anyway, she's going to be sharing. So, Hi, good morning, everyone. Nice to see all the families here. Um, my daughter, as he said, um, goes to the preschool. So this story is kind of about uh, my relationship with her and the struggles that I was kind of going through with her um, for the past year and a half. And... Um, and I'm going to just preface you, I might cry because I get really emotional, so please bear with me. Um, anyway, so 
as you all know, we're coming out of COVID, we're coming out of pandemic. And during the pandemic, I just, I just had this whole wave of anxiety hit me. And I never struggled with anxiety before, ever. And when COVID hit, I just, this huge weight of anxiety just came over me. I started to worry. I started to fear things. I didn't want to go out. Isolated myself, pushed people away. And eventually that, that fear and that worry turned into me becoming mad at myself angry with myself for feeling the way that I felt, thinking that, you know, what's wrong with me? There's something wrong with me. Why am I feeling this way? Other people are not afraid of this. Why should I be? And that anger turned into hate. And that hate made me just hate everything. I hated the way my life was going. I hated the way that I was feeling. And what I didn't realize was that it started to affect the relationships with the people that I love the most, and that was my family. It started to, that hate just started to just manifest, and I just started to take it out on my husband, and I started to take it out on my daughter, and it wasn't until one day where I just kind of lost it. I completely lost it with my daughter, Zemi, and she was only maybe like two and a half at that time. And I just, I completely lost it. I, I yelled. I, I don't even remember what I did. And I don't even remember the reason for it. But all I know is the fear that I saw in her eyes, the fear of her looking at me, thinking, oh my gosh, my own daughter is afraid of me. You know, and that fear just made me realize that I needed to change and that I needed God's help to change. And struggling with this, something that I felt like was so out of control, even with that, I knew that I needed God's help. So, um, I don't know, does that, did you feel like that? Yeah. It was, <laughs> he's like, <Yes>. yeah. <laughs> many, many of, arguments that seemingly for no reason and frustration, not just on her part, my part as well, and it, all of this, because when she, the stuff that she was going through, I'm a huge feeler. I feel everything that she feels, not to the same extent, but I feel it all. And so I'm, all, because she was on edge, I was on edge too. And so our whole household, it it was like walking on eggshells sometimes. Like, how is she going to be today? How am I going to be today? And it was a tough season for us. And we had not only this, but we had different views of how to treat COVID at the time. And so that was a huge battle between us and point of, of disagreement at times. And through this whole process, like she, I don't know, I might be too, but she started doing some counseling online and she started seeing somebody, and then that was uh, helping her with her anxiety. And then at the same time, I was talking to Pastor John about my frustrations and issues and things like that. And, and so we are both kind of working on ourselves at the same time. And then that really led for us to start doing couples counseling together. 
Because it's one thing to work on ourselves separately, but then to work together as a unit on our marriage, relationship, just the way we communicate and the way we can love each other and be really intentional about it has been a huge help uh, during this past season. We've been doing couples counseling for, what, four months now? Four or five months-ish every week. And it's been very helpful for us. Yeah, um, like Harvey was saying, you know, like, that was the catalyst for me when I saw that fear in my daughter's eyes. I just knew that something needed to happen in my life. And I needed to humble myself and take a, take a step back and really just look at myself and ask God to help me with those things that I was struggling with, you know, and taking that first step and even just talking to someone was really hard for me. Because, you know, sometimes when you do that, you're so vulnerable and then the enemy tries to bring in the fear again and the anxiety and the doubt and sometimes even pride. And I had to just kind of like take a step back and push that away and let God come in and say, you know, I'm going to walk you through this. I'm, and he's still walking me through this, you know. Um, but taking that first step and being able to talk to someone, um, to help with anxiety, and even getting more plugged in, like getting plugged into your community at, at church or with a small group, that was just super helpful for me. Um, connecting with women, um, helping, having them help me pray things out, you know, that was just a huge for me. So there's two things that was kind of identified within this, her testimony. And it's this struggle to, to do what is right or to feel that what you're doing is wrong and why am I doing this? It's a struggle. Those different thoughts that come in that, that plague you and keep you stuck in this place. And I feel like we've all been there at some point. If you haven't, Praise God, you're blessed. But I know for myself, I get stuck in those thoughts, those thought patterns of I'm not good. I'm the worst person ever. And why am I acting this way? Why am I doing this? This makes no sense. And I ask myself those questions, and then I hear two answers. I hear one answer that is from the enemy saying, like, yeah, you're like that because that's who you are. That's just you. And then I hear the second answer from God saying that that's not you. There's something deeper. There's a hurt. There's a pain. There's a lie. There's something there that, is, that you're believing that is keeping you in this place. And those those feelings and those actions that we do, it doesn't just hurt us, but it hurts the people we love. Just, just like how my wife was talking about, that anger just began to manifest itself against me and against our kids. And it begins to hurt those people. Yeah, has anybody ever experienced, you don't have to raise your hand, but if you've experienced that before, it's a real thing. The anger that we have, the fear that we have that just comes out it comes out against the people we love the most because it's the safe people. They're the safe ones because there's a security that, they, that they're not going to leave, that they're not going to go anywhere. And so it's okay to lash out at the people who 
you deem safe. I've done it. But I love what Nikki shared about what she, what happened, like the progression of what happened in her life. She humbled herself, which was the beginning of everything. The humility to understand and to know that maybe the problem is not externally in what's going on outside, but inside. Like, I have something going on. There's something going on inside of me that I need to deal with, that I need help to deal with. Because it's so easy for pride to come in and say, it's not me, it's everything else. It's my boss, it's my coworkers, it's my kids, it's my husband, it's my wife, it's my family that's making me nuts. It's, my, it's these things that are making me act this way. And that's a prideful, prideful view. The humble view is to say that there's something inside of me. What? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Proverbs 11:2 it says, "When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom." That humility led her to take a wise move and be willing to get help and to talk about it. She began to talk about it with me, which. Normally doesn't go too well before, <laughs> but now we are, we're able to talk about these things through professional counseling help in those areas. And then her grace group, her small group, is the, the women in her life that are with her every week that she can talk to, that she can pray with, that she can unload on, that will just love her and pray for her. Be there for her. We need people like that. And it's not just people that are going to jump on your bandwagon and just say, yeah, you're right. You're supposed to be feeling that way. But it's people who are going to speak truth in love to you. Who say, like, you were a little crazy in that situation. It wasn't them. It was you. You were wrong. And so having people in our lives that are able to talk to us and share those things with us is very important, and she took that step in doing that and being vulnerable with them. And she also invited God. She invited God to encounter her, to meet her, to guide her through this whole ordeal, this whole thing, and still walking with God through this. It's, she's not, we're not out of this. We're not completely out of this yet. We're walking through this together. It's a process. It's a process, guys. I think it was last week, Pastor John was talking about we looking at points. Like there's a point of salvation, there's a point here and a point there, and th- then it's smooth sailing from there. But we forget that once we get to one point, it's a starting point of a process to another point, and then a process to another point. It's not the point that's the end-all, be-all. It's the process that needs to be focused on. You know what I mean? The things that she did, her grace group, her daily time with God, I see her every night kneeling on the side of the bed praying. That's something that she started to do. 
she joined Cleansing Stream, which is a healing breakthrough freedom ministry that our church put on this past uh, October, November, or the two, November, early November. And all those things coupled together really is bringing about this change within her that I'm seeing. And she understands and she knows that it's a process. It's a process that she's willing to walk through, even though it's hard, it's difficult, it's painful, it's uncomfortable. Like just for her to come up here and talk about this is a huge thing. It's huge. Getting her up here is a miracle. And for her to share these deep things that are seemingly embarrassing and shameful to share. But you can see the, the healing that God is bringing about within her life to be able to share about these things. Nobody wants to say and share with with 200 people that you snapped at your kid and your kid was scared at you, scared of you. Like you don't want to share that with people. But I know that when we share these things and we share what God is doing in our lives in the process of with it and through it, that it begins to allow other people to see that there's hope for me too. That there's some of you in this room right now that have experienced that exact same thing. That every time you yell at your kids or you yell at your spouse, that there's an immediate sense of guilt that comes upon you. But then immediately after that, you double down on that and you say like, no, I don't have to feel guilty. They were wrong. But then you still do it again and again and again and again and you're, and you're stuck in this pattern. We were stuck in this pattern and we're starting to get out of it. There's hope. God doesn't want you to live with this anger, with this resentment, with this shame, with this hurt and pain that you carry in your life. He doesn't want you to live with those things. God came to earth in the form of Jesus Christ. He came to earth so that he could bring us closer to the Father. In the Bible, God is, God is called the God who sees me. The God who is with us, with you, with me, our shepherd, the one who heals this God loves us so much that he pays attention to you. He pays attention to you specifically. He knows you inside and out. It says that, that you were formed and created in your mother's womb and that he knows every single hair on our head. I don't know about you, I've never tried to count the hairs of my head before. I imagine it would take a long time. But God knows these things about you. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows me better than I know myself. He knows what I need. If I knew my wife 
before we got married, the way that I know her now, if I knew before I got married, I probably would not have married her. I'm just being honest, okay? But I know, and same, probably the same thing, same exact thing, but I know that God knew my heart, he knew my character, he knew who I was more than I knew myself, that she would be the perfect fit for me. That she would challenge me in my walk with God, that she would challenge me in my life with my character to make me a better person. So he put a, he blinded me to some of those things. God knows you, he sees you, and he loves you, and he cares for you so much that he came and he sent his son to die for us. Because there's a separation between God and man, God and you, and it's because of the sin inside of our lives. In Romans, it talks about how we have all sinned. We've all sinned and fallen short. There's no action that says, okay, now we are separated. No, It was everybody from the moment we're born, every time we are separated from God because of the sin in our lives. And that sin separates us. And so, but the good news is that God came in the form of Jesus Christ. God came in the form of man and he lived the perfect life in our place. He lived the life that we should have lived and he died the death that we should have died. He took the punishment on our behalf. So that in, if, that in him we have redemption through his blood, Ephesians 1, 7. We have forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Because it's by grace that we have been saved through faith. That it's not by our own works, it's not by our own doing, but it is the free gift of God. It's not a result of works so that no one can boast. God came for you, he came for me to provide a way so that we may have everlasting life with him. And in Romans 10, it says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Shame on us if we don't provide this opportunity. We have an amazing opportunity this morning to be able to share. And I know some people don't like to hear it, but the Bible talks about a heaven and a hell, a separation from God. And those of us who believe in Jesus, believe in in the Bible, and believe that what the Word says is true, It's a scary thought for us to see that our loved ones and the people that we care about and anybody for that matter would be separated from God eternally because we believe in everlasting life, whether it be with God or without God. And our heart is that everybody be with God. And we want to provide that opportunity this morning so if everybody would close your eyes. If you were touched this morning by Mickey's testimony and what God has done in her life, in our life as a couple, 
that's something that you want to happen in your life, that you want to invite God into your relationships, into your marriage, into the relationship you have with your kids or even your friendships. If you want God to be able to move within your life, then I want to ask that you invite him into your heart this morning. That you invite him in to be your savior, Lord and master. So with every eye closed and every head bowed, if, you, if that is you this morning, I want you to raise your hand as an act of faith. Raise your hand. If that's you and you want that in your life, if you want God to move in your life, I want you to raise your hand. See you. See you. Put your hands down. Don't you repeat this prayer. It's not a magical prayer, but it is a prayer confession for you personally. So dear, say, dear Jesus, I thank you that you came to die for me. That you lived the perfect life and you died the death that was meant for me. Forgive me of my sins. I turn my back on everything the Bible calls sin. And I follow after you. I receive you into my heart, into my life, as my Lord, my Master, and my Savior. Teach me and help me to obey all that the Bible commands. Bring me close to you. Let me see you. Let me experience you. To know you. I thank you for writing my name in the book of life that I have life and not death. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If that was you and you said that for the first time and you took that step for the first time, we want to connect with you outside or find one of us, one of the pastors or somebody who brought you, anybody that you know that goes to church, loves God, we want to invite you to go and talk to us. Talk to them to start you on this journey. It's a process, it's a journey, it's not an end-all, be-all, but we're walking through this life, we're walking through faith together, amen? Amen. So, we have the preschoolers going to be coming in. Here you go, Andrew.